The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Dietary Requirements, the spin-off's food podcast. Each month, we get together to talk about the cultural, social and political role of food in Aotearoa with some of the buzziest people in the local scene. I'm your host, Simon Day. Um, unfortunately, this week, we're not joined by either Alice, the spin-off's food editor, or hospo boss, Sophie, who's actually in the middle of buying a home at auction, and Alice is dealing with a major spin-off crisis. Instead, we've got Stuart Salmonland. Yeah, I'll take that name. That's fine. It's, food, it's a food podcast, so I'll embrace the, the mispronunciation. Stuart is out in house. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a joke on a um, an automatic mm. transcribing software. That's how they tra- transcribed uh, Stuart's. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And for, he will for now forever be known as yep. that. But here's our in house sandwich expert, which is the, the good the, good the topic for today. But before we get there, we wouldn't be here without Freedom Farms, who is the sponsor of all the spin-offs food coverage and the podcast. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how the animal has been farmed, and their pork, bacon, and free-range eggs are fucking delicious, so please buy all their goods. We're talking sandwiches, the most humble and universal of foods. You know, from my grandma's curried egg sandwich Mm -hmm. to Kolkata's cutty chicken roll, the shawarma, the croque monsieur, the banh mi, you know, every culture I can think of has realized that wrapping protein in bread is a really good idea. That was beautiful. Just makes it better. <laughs> there's, a really, there's a really fun origin myth of the sandwich. In, nine, in 17, 1762, John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, had developed a little bit of a gambling problem. And during one particularly long stint at the card table, he requested that the cook bring him something that he could eat in his seat without making a mess. And the chef returned with meat wrapped in bread, and the sandwich was born. Montague enjoyed it so much that he ate it constantly and became known for it in London society circles, sort of caught on and loved it too and gifted the uh, that foodstuff the Earl's name. It's a very... Uh, colonized version of a way of eating food that people have been doing for a very long time, but it's quite fun. Mm. And uh, we feel very lucky today to be joined with two of my t- two of my favorite sandwich makers, 
uh, Alethea Elder from the from here and the Turtle. Thank you for being here. Hello. <laughs> and uh, Hoodie <laughs> Neil from Hero Sandwiches and Eden Terrace. Welcome. Hello. 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 <laughs> We've got a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Mm. So you've both worked in hospital for a long time. Um, equally interesting sort of backgrounds. What was it that <coughs> drew you to the sandwich to base your empires around that? <laughs> the empire. <laughs> Leaf, you can go first. Um, okay, I don't think we have an empire because it's one store, <laughs> but People we... come constantly for your sandwiches. They love them. We do. Thank Why you. the sandwich? Um, the sandwich because... We wanted to eat sandwiches on our day off and it was hard to find at the time. Yeah. You're working at... Um, we were working at Best Ugly <coughs> Bagels and you don't always want it. But, like, love bagels, but they're a bit full on if you're <laughs> just looking for a, you know, semi. What is it about a semi then? Like, why were you looking for a sandwich on... Why, you know, you get one day off a week why were you hunting that type of food? Like, I mean, we would spend the whole day eating, mostly, but I don't know, sandwich is just comforting. It's filling. It's generally cheaper than going to, like, you know, a cafe and you get an Eggs Benny, a couple of coffees, splash out and get a juice, <laughs> and then you're, like, $100, like, fucked. <laughs> So, yeah, sandwiches, you know you can get a meal and a coffee for 20 bucks-ish. It's the place to be, that's a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also so delicious. It is delicious. What is your favourite sandwich on the menu? Is that like choosing a favourite child? Um, (laughs) I flick between the eggplant palm and the VB. That sounds... Stuart does the same? Yeah, VB is the perfect either hungover Saturday morning or kind of a hearty breakfast. It can, it can be both, which is what I love about it. But then the eggplant palm as well is a little bit more, a little bit more hefty, but it's, it's always yeah. a good choice. I'm a, I'm a bologna guy. Oh. The bologna, but then I sometimes, I'll double dip with the daisy as well. Yeah, I'll go, go both. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like a, uh, you need two. If you go here and turtle, you need two. Yeah, and you also always have to have fries. As well, I've never had the fries. They're, they're, I think they're the best fries in in Auckland. Wow! And I also love that they're served with tomato sauce, which yeah. is not, yeah, that's doesn't great. happen very often anymore. No, you oh. get the aioli now. They, you get both, and you can double dip. And oh, but I just mean perfect. in general, you often just yeah, get aioli, yeah. but you aioli, don't get the ketchup, yeah. and you need you, you need, need both. Ketchup. Yeah, yeah. To the, like, the sweetness, yeah. yeah, the nostalgia, which mm. comes with a sandwich. Mm. So, how did you end up? And the hero uh, story and, and what was your journey to the sandwich? I actually thought about this because I was like, I might get asked questions today. But <laughs> I think it's fucking hard, to be honest. I think, like, fast food. Like, I've been addicted to fast food since I was a little kid. Um, and I think that the easiest option to have fast food at home was to make a sandwich. You know, like, to have a burger, you just go with the toast. So I think that's kind of, th- that's my origin story. That's why sandwiches, is, I think, are special to me. Is every afternoon tea when I was a teenager was my most important meal of the day. Sort of four o'clock, having come home from mm, school, mm. I would just take the night before's meal, 
and put it inside a bun. Yeah. And it worked every time, no matter time. what it was. Yeah. I'd always do that. I remember Dad's house, we only did, he only did Vogels, and it would always be leftovers with fresh red onion, best foods, and toasted Vogels. Like, I'd have that. I probably had that over, like, 10,000 times. Like, literally. That's, <laughs> that's like, that is my sandwich. That's my favorite sandwich. So what does make a good sandwich? I think that fast food point is pretty mm. interesting yeah. because for mm. me it's like, um, you know, traditionally, sure, you, if you wanted to spend 10 bucks, you go to Macca's or something. But yeah. now you can spend $10 and you can go to a, a local eatery and get something that yeah. is so much better, but it's basically the same price as fast food and it's not going to take half an hour for it to come out of mm. the kitchen. So I think in that sense, that's what I love about, about this sort of revival of, of sandwiches in Auckland. Mm. Mm. You're up now. I can't remember the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. What makes a what makes a good what sandwich? makes a good sandwich? I feel like there's a few things. Like you have to have a good combo of the type of bread and what you're putting in there. Like you can't yep. just have something. I don't know, sloppy and then real chewy bread because then you're just going to end up like it doesn't work. So you have to have a good texture ratio. Yes. Oh my God, I feel that. Nothing yeah. worse than bread that uh, cuts yeah. the right. roof of your mouth. <clears throat> yeah, mm. but like then there is a time where the chewy bread is right. Yep. You know? Like if you're having a big ass pastrami sandwich, you kind of want a little bit of chew with mm. your bread. Mm hmm. And then just quality ingredients, good combos. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a good combo because I like how you both have different approaches to the sandwich. Um, I feel like, you know, the minimal, you know, the, the maximum of maybe four ingredients oh, plus components. sauces. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have a limit? I reckon when you're trying to smash out something <laughs> real fast. Great question. If you have too many components, then you're fucked. But if you, like, you can put heaps of ingredients into a component, but if you're trying to, like, assemble five or six different things, you're just going to slow down everything. It should be like, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because mm. yeah, you're, you're working to order less. You've got a chance to prepare in advance, right, Tori? Yes. Yeah. And does that mean you can be a little bit more complicated with what goes I into the sandwich? I think I'm just quite complicated as it is. I, I like, that's why I love Heron Turtle so much because you guys just like have a real like refined, beautiful menu. Like you just do <clears throat> like really elegant, classic, timeless sandwiches where I'm super loose. I'm just making what I often like to like recreate meals that I've had in a sandwich, like the same flavors because I think that's quite cool. But like, I don't know if necessarily my sandwich making like creates the best business. <laughs> like I'm loose in general with everything. So I admire the Heron Turtle because it's such like, I can see like such a sound, awesome business. You know? What's something you want to put into a, uh, a sandwich then? You said like you like to recreate things. What's something that you... I did like a beef Wellington, which is was That's fucking fire. Cool. Like not to blow my own horn, but it was really good. Like oh. hollowed out a sourdough and then filled it with the Duxelle. That and the skirt amazing. and the onions. Yeah, it was it was actually a banger. <laughs> I was stoked with that. Um, was that hard work though as well? Hollowing up, out this, the the loaf and no, you're just cutting off a segment of the lid and then ripping it out. It's pretty easy. But like, 
Yeah, yeah. Beef Wellington sandwich is genius. Yeah, it was good actually. I was like, wow, that tasted sweet. <laughs> what are <laughs> other one. What are other crazy things that you've recreated as a sandwich? Fuck. Oh, sure. I'm looking at Mark for some. <laughs> There's been a few though. I feel like. Just classic flavors, like I think like like a Caesar salad, for instance, is how we came up with the CBJ, which is like our chicken and bacon jam sandwich, which mm. is probably our most popular. Um, so I think, yeah, just using maybe classic pairings as opposed to classic dishes probably makes yeah. more sense. Um, but yeah, that's where I find my inspo, I think, for new sandies. i got to say, though, there is something really amazing about having a creative sandwich maker that isn't just Mm. doing like classic combos you know what I mean there needs to be someone that is pioneering out because otherwise all the flavors are the same no matter where you go you know like a lot Mm. of our sandwiches like ham and cheese yeah it's really yum I'm proud of it but at the same time like someone needs to be you know doing things different otherwise it's boring so yeah yeah. thank you that means a lot from you Getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> <My> idol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that we've brought yeah. you two together today. It's, mm, uh, mm, it's, me it's too. really just raising each other up. It's, mm. it's, it's beautiful. Because I, I do think that's another beautiful thing about the sandwich is um, it's inclusive. Like, mm. it's one of the first things you learn to make is as a young person when you're cooking food for mm, yourself. Mm, mm. But then at the same time, you can take it to pretty mm pretty crazy places mm. other than uh present company do you have um great sandwiches that you can remember from around new zealand mm. the chicken sandwich at the fed is yeah. the best sandwich in the world That's, it is i was about to crispy skin it's the best it's fucking found crazy. a bit unoriginal but that is it's like it, is. So it can't be beat it's fucking perfect yeah, yeah. the ratios and the so chicken perfect. skin in there what yeah. the fuck yeah that yeah. is fire with that that iceberg and in then there. just have some gravy on the side because it wasn't good good. enough. You can ask them to toast it, and I only recently discovered this. And it's like their Reuben. Is it better? Yes, it is. Is Well, I mean, it's very buttery and intense, but amazing. That's also an interesting question Mm, that I'd mm. like to put to sandwich makers. How do you feel about toasting a sandwich that has lettuce in it? You toast the bun, and then you put the lettuce in. 100%. Because otherwise you're lazy. You can't wilt your lettuce and you can't heat your avocado. Yeah, that's fine. No hot avocado. Eh? No, avocado bro. on pizza. <laughs> Stupid yeah, ass no pizza. No one wants cooked lettuce. Nobody wants it. Some people like cooked lettuce. I recently do. read a <laughs> recipe in the New York Times about iceberg soup. Oh. Mm. Wow. Watery, I can imagine. <laughs> so you, you can cook a lettuce. I also had grilled lettuce one time. It was really nice. But that's tr- But true. not soggy lettuce in a sandwich, no, I think. I think right. we can all, all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Nah, not the not one. Right. Unless it's like a reheated Big Mac in the morning, in which case it's just a new thing and it's fucking delicious. <laughs> so I discovered recently, and this yeah. is turning a burger into a sandwich, mm. um, I put a burger, a, a Nando's burger that had sat in the fridge at the office uh, for three days. I put it in the toasted sandwich maker. Oh, uh, like a toaster pie one, so it like pressed it in oh. the middle, and it worked so well. And yeah, it, it, yeah. it's slow enough to allow it to heat properly through the middle oh. again, and it was it really really worked. So <laughs> burger and the toaster yeah. sandwich maker. Three days later, I reckon a burger is a sandwich. 
So this was I was just I about to, to ask. Like yeah. you got, you said it's not. It's getting a bit scientific, but surely a burger's a sandwich. And then in the US, they would not. This wouldn't they even be a conversation, right? They call it a sandwich, right? right? Yeah. 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 But does everyone feel that way? Do you think a burger's a sandwich? I don't think I do. Oh. Well, I don't know. It's hard. Like, yeah, I, I've never thought of it. I've always had them separate. Because I think of, mind. but they are. I think of a taco almost as a sandwich. A shawarma as a sandwich. Yeah. Mm. There's different sandwiches from around the world. Yeah. I feel like it needs two things on either side pressing it together to be a sandwich. So literally <laughs> use the verb to be yeah. sandwiched. Exactly. Maybe. Because someone mentioned in the office when we were talking about this earlier, someone mentioned a hot dog and said, is that a sandwich? And I sort of felt, no, because it's one, it's one thing <laughs> that's got... Unless it's sold at a sandwich shop, in which case it's an honorary. But then what yeah. if it's but like a baguette? But you can make a sandwich cut by in... cutting a bun and then... If it's like, like if it's cut through... No, but like a baguette, you don't make two sides; otherwise, it flops around. Like you have to don't don't <laughs> no, throw think, my argument. How did back you not know face. that? No, I think I'm <laughs> so think, embarrassed. I think the theory is flawed, Stuart. Because some of the best sandwiches I've had in my life was when I was living in France, and it would just be a baguette sliced, not all the way, and just ridiculous amounts of butter and salami, and Ooh, it was just. Yeah. That minimal celebration of mm, great mm, bread, great butter, mm. uh, great cured meat. That's a real European luxury. Eh? Like when you get over, you can get like, a, like a fifty dollars sandwich here, like yeah. filled with buffalo mozzarella and like prosciutto and the softest bread for like four quid, like mm. in the UK or something. You know, like that's a luxury. I feel like we don't have. Yeah, yeah their cheese is can't, so cheap over there. Can't it's make not that fair. sandwich. <laughs> it, it is. It is hard to get that beautiful and they're everywhere as well like every corner boulangerie has yeah. the perfect uh sandwich waiting for you to to get it and here you have specialty sandwich makers who you have to go and seek out mm. what and what is it about bread because that to me is what defines a sandwich and there are so many different ways to go from your vogels to your homemade what do you how do you describe your buns it's just a bun it's like it's people think it's brioche but it's not it's no. too too yeah. dense and like i can eat the eggplant palm in the car yeah and know while i'm driving that it's going to hold together like brioche buns yeah. by the end of it just sort of it's how i spent yeah. most of lockdown was eating here in the turtle on the way back to my house in the car it feels like a disservice but it's like a sort of bap almost right it's i, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> yeah maybe like, like i don't it's know that's what is a bap being... though i know well it's, it just it's round i guess that was yeah, shit. Yeah. not a burger no. bun i don't know but yeah, it's I so guess good you could call it a burger bun i don't know it's just oh my god i shouldn't be showing anyone this but because we learn how to oh no you can have it it's like <laughs> it's fine it's such a bitch to make you'll, you'll change your you'll mind it. so it's but, a hard recipe because we it is hard and I need to sh- show you as proof how hard it was we learned how to make bread when we opened we didn't know how to make bread it was wow. so stupid but our first buns are so fucking proud and I put them on our Instagram and they're like fucked <laughs> So I'll just share See, this with you and you can laugh at me together. So the first buns didn't go well? Well, we were serving them for like a whole year <laughs> until we um, learned that they were not right. But what was, um, was it the technique or was it something that you changed? It was so many things. Part of it was that we had a secondhand bread mixer and we didn't know that the fast 
wasn't fast enough to get a stretch test, but we also didn't know what a stretch test was. Okay, <laughs> I feel like this is a picture of, like, I put this on Instagram real proud. They're, like, already dead. And As in like, audio <laughs> format, Leaf, you're going to have to describe Okay, it. so I've got some buns that I proved overnight, and they've, like, risen and then collapsed again, and now I'm cutting them with a knife, and they're, like, just dead bread <laughs> and i've put it on instagram because i'm real proud because i think they're awesome <laughs> and i leave them there to remind me and that's what uh the customers yeah. were getting on those first few yeah, years like they still months weeks i'd say like oh, i shouldn't be saying this i'm really sorry jamie for embarrassing us on the podcast <laughs> but maybe like at least five months we were serving kind of shit bread but no, that growth and development is what it's all about. Yeah. You know, you learn you learn on the go so much in in cafes yeah. and restaurants and bars. Yeah. Where's your bread come from? We use loaf and wild wheat, which both, is good. Both fantastic. And it's convenient. Things. I tried my hand at baking for a while. We were doing like these milk buns, so hard, and like we've got this oven which doesn't like temperature stability, so it's like. It's quite. It's, we had some real flat bread for a while, and I was like, um, "This is I'm not cut out for baking. It's not my skill." It's interesting, eh? Baking is you have it or you don't. I think and so, and the patience uh, side. I'm well, like, I guess leaf patience, just yeah. But I reckon like you don't just have you have to just keep practicing. And another thing with baking bread is that there's so many things that change what the bread's going to be like, like yeah. the temperature of, like, the night that you're cold-proving because the fridges kind of, like, go up in temp if it's too hot. Mm. And then, like, the temperature when you get in, you have to chuck the heater on, like, try and get them <laughs> proving, the stretch test, the amount of water. Like, there's so many things, and you only learn by making the most fucked buns in the world. How to like make better buns, and then you make good buns. And then you make the best after buns. a while. Thank you. So, it took a while. It sounds like a lot of work and effort to me. Mm. Out outsource the bread. I, I think outsource it, the bread was an easy one. And embrace the. Gets delivered nice and early, yeah. ready to roll. Sometimes it's really shit though. Like we go, oh, shout out wild wheat and loaf, but uh, up and down, eh? You can tell actually day by day what baker you have yeah. and what shifts they're working because like and I've had this chat with uh, Cam from Baby G as well he was like man Wednesdays or like oh, if you, you know like, terrible <laughs> yeah you know like you're like fuck the focaccia is so flat so you still have to use it do you That's, think you end up with more time for things that's the fact that you can outsource that because I imagine you spend a lot of time on the bread element yeah we did try and outsource it but it's like too finicky what we wanted someone else to do that we couldn't get them to make what we were making like you can have the same ingredients and it just unless they want to go through the like arduous process that you've laid out for them which a lot of people don't like a lot of commercial bakers have shortcuts Mm. and then our bread takes like all day essentially to make and they were just like no not for how many sandwiches you're making like no way in hell you can buy our buns yeah like, oh, so not enough sandwiches or too many well like if you're a commercial baker you know it sounds like a lot to me to be like oh like 
over 150 buns and he's like that's like yeah, yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah. what are you talking they about zero right yeah. yeah yeah just trying to make margin on mm. yeah you know once you're putting some deep fried eggplant and yeah some love into it mm. it starts to work but for those guys it's just yeah yeah for them it's like you know we can make bread at a lower price which means our sandwiches can be affordable but if we're buying buns then the price goes up by like three bucks because you still have to even though you didn't make it you still have to make a profit on that bun so it would make I mean we live on the cusp of Avondale and I want everyone around us to come to us and for us to serve them I don't want to just have other suburbs yeah coming in to be served you know it's different Mm. Like, it's not community-based anymore. Yeah, your price point's so nice. Like, and thank it means you. you can get, like, too comfortably. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And we, we sort of tried to have a similar price point when we began, but it's just, like, not attainable. So And probably down to buying bread and it's shit. The like, bread, it's the bread, so expensive. Man. Yeah, you know? but then um, you have to weigh up the time as well. Like, that you... If you... Yeah. yeah it's a bitch. Mm. Community's interesting because I think you have built, in both places, a really... Um, interesting community ar- around you has that been an important part of who the who the shops are and what you're trying to achieve hard out mm. i love all the people that come in that you know been open for three and a half years we almost know everyone's names C- caitlin our like main <laughs> front of house person knows like <coughs> way too much about everyone like very that's cool good. yeah <laughs> and because the you know it's, it's very there's no one else really around you. It's super yeah. residential. It's in a a suburb that's sort of on the edge of um, you know quite a few different socio yeah. demographics. It's it's become a real focal point for the community, which is cool. It is quite nice to see people from different socio economic like backgrounds breaking like literally breaking bread in the same <laughs> place you know that's like quite lovely i think yeah that is lovely was that yeah. intentional really nice. when you were opening up that you wanted to find a place like that that was kind of in the middle nah, of man, we had houses. like no money someone was like do you want this <laughs> spot it's for nothing and we were like fuck yes and then we sat outside for maybe three days like not day and night we went home but we just like kind of spied on everyone and <laughs> felt the vibe and it was good enough and then we went yeah and but that corner posse is like so, so randomly lush, eh? but it's so perfect <laughs> yeah i've had yeah. um dreams about turning the laundromat into like a bar oh yeah <laughs> but leaving the washing machine and stuff in there but it's it's not quite what, like, like shake that. the cocktails yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wash booze up in the uh, <laughs> machine, machine. <laughs> but similarly at hero it's become like a really interesting community for creatives and yeah. musicians and definitely yeah i think it's like a lot of it is like like our contemporaries i think and most of our mates who are like we've had so many musicians work at hero because they're musicians and love hospo because it's easy money yeah cashies <laughs> and uh yes i think it's bred like this cool community of creatives which is nice in like central auckland 
rappers. <laughs> Shout out to Hez Beats. Who's, Shout out to uh, Hez Beats. Just do you know. <laughs> Hez's uh, beat actually is the intro music for I, the podcast. I know. We, we spoke about that. Actually. And I came in one day and was playing at the at Hero, which was very cool. So it's, yeah. it's nice to have you um, yeah. join us finally. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, we're just the central guys selling sandwiches. And yeah, who are... Who are I was <laughs> I was going to say real ones, but not real ones. I mean that wrong, but probably just like relatable bros. Yeah. Um, so that's how we've built this like sandwich shop, which is authentic, I think, and a place to hang. I'd like that. The yeah. same question again to you. I mean, was there a reason that you felt an attachment to that location or was it all? That like... was like literally dirt cheap. It was actually a lounge. Our shop was a lounge with a frosted window. So we got it defrosted. <laughs> and then it's still, I think it's still semi-illegal actually. It's meant to be strictly residential, but we just got like You're this getting weird... so much trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, but shut us down, baby. Weeks. Shut us down. <laughs> I had the wild wheat in the Come for me, baby. I got everyone. <laughs> no, but um, no, it was really cheap. Uh, super cheap actually. And um, that was the main thing. Like we probably only had about 20 grand to set the whole thing up. Uh, and that's also the way that's sort of inspired how we do things. Like we're essentially just a cabinet food coffee shop, you know. So we make everything off site and then deliver it there, um, which kind of has its pitfalls. And then, yeah, we will. That could actually be perfect. We'll just sell these really fast sandwiches, and they're already pre-made. But then obviously wastage has come into it, and that's crazy. And yeah. And there's something to be said for having your sandwich made fresh in front of you. It's just not the same experience, you know. So like. Even if I feel if my sandwich was really good, it's never going to compete with one that's made fresh. Even if it was my best sandwich, it's just the experience is different because it's there. It's been in the cabinet and like cabinet food is not fresh food, I feel, in a way, in my mind. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, one of the real appeals about here in the turtle is you're literally almost sitting in the kitchen, you know. Mm. Yeah. And mm. those boys aren't small either. Like they, they take up a lot of space in there. Um, so it's it's very experiential um, coming for a, a sandwich at here in the mm. table. Mm. Does it feel restrictive, or you guys know how to move around in that space? Oh, we're so used to standing right next to each other that it doesn't feel like anything. Actually, you know the knocks for how you have to stand yeah. in your own square? When we started, we got told off because we'd all end up in the same square every time because we're so used to like standing right. Yeah. Just like, what the hell? Get... Yeah. Yes. But equally as well, you, you're you in a very small oh, space. We're tight. It's me and Mark at the moment. Like, look at this guy. He's huge. <laughs> Mark could be big Mark ass. Hunt. It's big juicy uh, ass. I'm like, trying to make coffee like, behind them. Like ghost. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hot. In there, at the <laughs> no, we got no ventilation. It's pretty. The, oh. the heat at the moment, I got sweat running down my back as mm. we speak. Mm. Is that fucking with your baking? Like, is it, it is fucking with the baking. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but we just we have to leave the aircon on all night to like keep the fridges from going too high. But it's okay. It's just we've had a few summers now. It's just how it goes. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've got little boys and I'm worried about you know for the first summer and I'm worried about how hot they are but I feel like it's extra it's hot it's so hot and muggy, muggy but like humidity ain't right you can't hide from it that's the problem no. like if you go into shade no. and even have a fan on you it still doesn't it's doesn't nothing. help it just lives on you 
Lapo gets to about this time each year, and we all forget that it was like this last year. And that's like exactly that's, that's yeah. conversation. Anything. Yeah. You're like, it's like, oh, oh my God, God, we're so shocked yeah. about the weather change. Can you yeah. believe how cold it was? I'm like, yeah. this is the worst coffee chat ever. <laughs> but we all do it. But we all do it. Yeah. Right, you know? <laughs> I guess because the weather affects everything. Yeah, yeah. The whole vibe and... So shocking, though. Every year. Short memories. <laughs> lovely podcast listeners Jane here with a friendly reminder that Christmas is right around the corner and you know presents and all that the good news is we've got all or at least some of your gift giving needs covered at the spin-off shop from tea towels to t-shirts tote bags to Toby Morris prints or a copy of the spin-off book our range of merch will look great under a tree or in a stocking or at a secret Santa exchange in any kind of gift giving situation they'll look good is what I'm trying to get at. But don't take my word for it. Go and see for yourself. Head to members.thespinoff.co.nz forward slash shop and just try to resist. Actually, don't try to resist. Just buy some stuff today if possible. Thank you. Bye. Without foresight or vision, the people will be lost. Kia ora koutou, I'm Stacey Morrison. Join me for Conversations That Count, Ngā Kōrero Whaitake, a new series brought to you by Massey University and The Spin-Off. I'll be chatting to academics, activists and industry leaders to turn a unique lens on the issues impacting Aotearoa and Te Ao From structural equality to liberalising drug policy, implications for our mokopuna and more. We'll bring you thought-provoking kōrero about the things that count for all of us. New episodes will be available each month, so subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. So what is your favourite sandwich culture? From So my, my favourite, mm. and I deeply miss them, uh, was the... S- Shawamas at the Middle East Cafe. It's not, it's not sandwich in Stuart's eyes, but I'm going to claim it. Nice. Um, I love uh, food from the Levant. Um, you know, the, the cumin, the fatty lamb wrapped up in that beautiful bread. That is my favorite place to get a sandwich. I think my best sandwich I've ever had was um, on the streets of Jerusalem. Absolutely delicious shawarma. Oh. But then even things like... Um, Porchetta sandwiches in, mm, in mm. Italy, like just trying to find the best, mm. always hunting the best sandwich. That's what mm, I find mm, myself doing, mm. no matter where I am in the world. Mm. Where would you get a good, like, shawarma in Auckland? Is there one? So I, I think the Fatima's um, oh, yeah. shawarma are really good. good. It's, it's like, it's not hyper-authentic. But it's, but it's delicious. Yum. Mm. Um, mm. In Kingsland, um, yeah, Petra, Petra, yeah. Petra shawarma. Yeah. That's not in really thick bun bread. That's in like a thin wrap, which is also just beautiful. beautiful. And that's, that's closer to, well, that is Jordanian, very authentic Jordanian food and is mm. delicious. So those are two, my two favorite Middle Eastern shawarma spots in Auckland. Nice. Mm. Mm. Uh, can I just ask a quick question? Yes. Uh, with the authentic and then modern take on things, tacos is a big one, I find. Uh, does anyone have a preference? Because like, I feel like I love the authentic and I, I love them because they are authentic. But like, I feel like they need more. I may be wrong. 
I think there's 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 heaps of value in mm. both, and as long as you're not trying to be, not trying to mm. sell yourself mm. as um, anything other than yep. that which you are, right. I think they can both coexist. Yeah, mm. good. Um, I'm a staunch believer in Taco Bell. Oh so. my god, me too. I really Gee, wanted to say, like, I just love Taco Bell. <laughs> it's so, so good. Much. It's on Uber Eats as well. Yeah, it's dangerous. Every but day. It's good. I've never <laughs> had Taco Bell. It is honestly great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But no, I think, I think you know, on, on all types of cuisine, mm. um, there, mm. there's, there's value in, yep. in both. And you learn, you learn so much about a culture from um, mm. their food. Mm. And mm. that's the th- place you can explore, I think, with. Um, you know, really authentic mm. visions into a cuisine. Um, but if it's like Japanese fusion and it tastes really good, mm. I want to, mm. and it's cooked by a white guy, I want to eat that as well. You yep. know, mm. like, yep. it's yep. what inspires you, and um, that's what you do, and you do mm. it well. I'm, mm. I'm comfortable with it. Hard mm. out. You're not putting the person in your mouth, mm. you know? Like, mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Good. If you that, could get a sandwich from yeah. anywhere in the world right now, though, where would it be? Okay, if I could have a sandwich, it doesn't like maybe exist anymore. But does anyone remember the Anthony Bourdain part where he goes and gets a mortadella, which is what the bologna is, the mortadella sandwich from I don't know where the fuck he is, and he's no. like, I want to try that because I see it in his book, I've seen it on the video, and that's what the bologna is, but I've never actually eaten his one, and I yeah, that's what I would eat. And that's that's my favourite part of uh, Italy for food as well is Emilia Romagna, where mortadella is? is from. It's um, I think it's from Modena, which is north of Bologna. Yeah, uh, they have a traditional rivalry, and um, they use the mortadella sausage as part of the filling of um, I can never get it right. The 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 mini is it tortellini? Is that the small one? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's you, and you'll be you'll have so much fun oh. in that part of the world. Is the mm. it's my favorite place in Italy. I want to go to Europe one day. I Remember when we could there. travel places? <laughs> <laughs> now it's like going on holiday. I go to New Windsor and get an eggplant palm. Yeah, yeah. Stuart, where what what sandwich would you get if you could have a sandwich from anywhere in the world? Um. I am kind of just a, a believer in a, in a in a good old French croque monsieur, croque madame, something like that. I had a great time in France a few years ago, and I very much would like to go back. It's not overly original, but you know, it's, I it's love the good. idea of external cheese though. Like yeah, mm, having mm. cheese under a grill on the outside of your sandwich yeah, exactly. is genius. Such genius. Yeah, I knew you would come. I honestly, I'm struggling over here to figure out where I go. Um, a sandwich I've always wanted to have and and have never had is a chili, a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. oh, I want oh, like a, tradi- a yeah, like yeah. a real greasy, yeah. maybe like three in the morning. Yeah, like oh, it's, the cheese looks like it's almost out of a can, but it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I reckon it'd be so good. Yeah, yeah, I've had one, but not in Philadelphia, but it was just as kind of grotty as you'd want it to be and it was amazing where was it <laughs> I, I honestly cannot remember I in the US <laughs> though yeah, yeah yeah but I just know that I I had one because I was that was one of the things I mm. wanted to do <laughs> so I'd want mine to be in uh, I've always wanted to go to Philadelphia yeah. as well and seeing as Philadelphia just uh, deposed Donald Trump we're feeling a real affinity yeah. for that and scene. a great circle mm. 
What's the sitcom? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> I've never. Yes, yeah. you have. No, I've never seen it. I know. I know the. Oh, I wouldn't even know if. What's when I got about. a walking tour of Philadelphia with my Philly cheese steak. <laughs> See, I think of Will Smith and the Roots, yeah. not It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you follow oh, the Instagram, in Always trait. Sunny, it's quite a nice like bridging gap into the into the series. If you is feel. it a sarcastic yeah. title? Because Philly uh, doesn't. Yeah, Philly yeah sounds it's like a it's sarcastic. Like the darkest it's like humor. Gross. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you're allowed to stay in New Zealand if you want, but you've got to. You've got oh, to I've got to. I've got to take it. You can't just avoid it. I might like. I might actually go. Yeah, back to. I had this um, I had this sandwich, the one I was describing before, at Borough Market in London, which was just like filled with mozzarella and prosciutto, and it was just on fresh focaccia, and there was nothing. Oh, basil actually in there as well, but it was just like stacked, like it was thick with mozzarella and prosciutto, yeah. and it was four quid, and I was like, this is the best that thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, that was the sandwich I think about a lot. Yeah, sandwiches take you places. I mm. I remember mm. so many places I've been with my sandwiches. It's Amazing Vietnamese in Melbourne, Mm-mm. and their bar mi is yep. so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did the um, the hero invasion of Melbourne go? It went, <laughs> it went pretty good actually. Like was, we, um, were you just looking to do something else, or you... my mate lived in Melbourne and yeah. he was looking to spend money in a way. <laughs> and he was like, "Bro, let's open a hero here." And we were like, "Genius." And then um, a mate of ours actually had a panel beaters there and he had an espresso shop that had set up in one of his garages, which had flopped. So he was like, come over, you can have it for a hundred bucks a week. So it was like, we'd be absolute losers if we couldn't make oh some money out God, of it. Oh my God, that's so cool. Um, but it was good. Like, it was good. We got like top five sandwich in Melbourne and one like article, which was super dope. Wow. I was like, oh shit, we can't go to Melbourne. But yeah, it was good. But our lease was only for 14 months and then it expired. We hadn't saved any money, and then he was like, "Fuck!" No, I'm <laughs> so we kind of abandoned it in a way, um, but it was cool. Did you all just go over for fourteen months and like? No, so my mate Jackson was living in Melbourne, oh. so he ran it. I just went over to help him set it up, oh. and then um, yeah, so I spent quite a lot of time in Melbourne actually. So I've got a lot of favorite, really good sandwich shops there that I love. The Barmy was like a Hector's as well, which is really good over there. It's probably one of my favorite sandwich shops. In the world, I'd say. And Leaf, one thing I wanted to ask you about was um, Matt was telling me about uh, the catering of the <laughs> Campolo Hummus. Oh my stuff. god! Yeah. How can you can you tell <laughs> us those stories? Oh. What did that? What did food at a festival? How do you how do you do that? I have always been on the hustle because, like, I grew up not that like wealthy, so you always have to have a job, and then. I wanted to start my own catering company when I was like 19 or 20. I had my savings from whatever I'd been doing and I made, like I was working at Nosh at the time, so I'd buy like fancy cheese and then bring it to this like broke-ass music festival and I'd sell $3 toasties just in the sandwich press. (laughs) It was sweet corn and Havarti. I had baked beans and like... An aged gouda, no one cared. <laughs> like that, the cheese was fancy, and then I had like a triple cheese, and I made no money. Like I lost money because everyone was so broke that they'd be like, "Can I just have one?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's fine." But yeah, it was fun though. 
But I love that it was still sandwiches. Like yeah, sandwiches. The, nothing you want more uh, ten in the morning in the bush at a festival than a than a sandwich. Mm. Baked bean and the gouda stands out to me. Aged yeah, they gouda. didn't even know that they were eating. But they such did nice when they put show. it in their mouth. <laughs> True, like, maybe. They, they <laughs> might know. They might never still. have heard of gouda, but <laughs> when they ate it, they were like, "Wow, yeah. this gouda's yeah. aged." <laughs> 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 is that like 16 months old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh good cheese though I love that um, the scene when Samin Nuzrat cries over the parmesan in a, oh my god it was so sad in the salt fat acid heat uh, series I think I got those oh. in the right order Eating par- eating parmigiano that just has so much umami it makes you cry <laughs> oh wait I'm thinking of something else Sorry. <laughs> I, have you know the chef's table, Table maybe? And then the guy, there's an earthquake and all the parmesan falls over. No. Oh and it's God. this guy's like aging all of the protected uh, recipe. Okay, that, that was what I cried though. over. <laughs> it was so no, sad. No, Samin just cried from joy. Oh, it was yeah. So <laughs> joy that's and that's genuinely sad. Wow. But that was really, really fun. And I love sandwiches so mm. much if you were to make a sandwich for uh your partner's parents they'll come over for dinner this is the sign-off question mm. what would you make them if i was making a sandwich i'd make them the eggplant palm because i think it's both like it has this equal part sophistication and greasiness to yeah. it like it is greasy it's dirty and refined. Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> so good, but so naughty. Mm. But maybe I'd also make them an egg sandwich with the white bread that you use. That's yeah, so bro. thick. Egg salad, eh? Safe. I, I feel like <laughs> thick white bread doesn't yeah. thick white bread doesn't get the love that it deserves. Bro, fuck, it grates me absolutely. Gardies in Dunedin, R.I.P. Um, they used to do amazing toasties on like four centimetre thick white bread. It was mm. so good. What would you make? <laughs> it's a sandwich for dinner, or are they just popping around? Just popping around. You're surprising oh, yeah. them with a. Just popping Man. I might go, like, I feel like they're, they're like quite quote unquote sophisticated eaters. Love them. Um, I'd probably do like I'd go for like a fish maybe like something you know like fish is like feels like mm-hmm. it does more you know like maybe like a smoked fish or like a tuna tangier flavours as opposed to rich so they don't feel too sick after they leave you know they're still a bit yeah. light so they're like ah lovely sandwich that was a pleasant experience I want that one yeah and I, I agree there's something mm. um, fancy about yeah. a smoked fish mm. Rillettes or something. You mm, could even mm, add a mm, French word in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also really appreciate yeah, how uh, you managed to not um, burn your partner's parents uh, yeah. at the very end. Yeah, the, one, the one group yeah. that you uh, kept in the good books. Yeah. Stuart? Oh, God. Um, well, the reason I eat out a lot is because my partner is the one that can cook and not me. But if, if, if she was, if they were popping around... Um, 
I'd probably just make it a good old-fashioned cheese toasty, shit loads of aged gouda, oh. uh, <laughs> get some, some red onion, and then have a nice nice bit of ketchup on the side. Magic trick yeah. I learned um, for making a cheese toasty is if you're, rather than in the machine, or even work in the machine, instead of butter on the outside, put mayonnaise. Whoa. And it's like this rare, you know, because it melts and it's all mm. olive oil and... It creates this really dark, delicious, rich crisp on the bread. It is. It sounds is, great. Mm. It's genius. I'll try that next time they pop round. <laughs> and I'm in charge of the, the sandwich. <laughs> How are you gently mocking my question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like stressing out, eh? I don't know what I'd do. Um. Can't let them go hungry. I know. Well, Daryl loves jam, so I feel like I'd just get him, like, jam and bread. I know that sounds fucked, but, like, he really loves jam. Like, I make him jam, so I'd just, like, oh, the house made jam. And <laughs> then... That's something we don't really touch on is the power of the sandwich to go sweet as well. Yeah. yeah. Peanut butter and jam sandwich. Oh. Like, oh, my God, I love it. And then Pam doesn't really eat bread. So I'd make her like a real salady one, but with a bit of chicken and then like be like open sandwich. So you only have one piece and that's, yeah, I'd do that. How do you feel about the concept of the bunus? I actually like a bunus, but I feel real guilty every time I've ordered it because the people are like, you piece of shit. Like, no, I don't want to put that in some lettuce. But it's real good. Yeah. I think it, I think it works. Like, I, after all our chat about the joys of bread, yeah, I think the bunus as a sandwich vehicle is the the lettuce as a sandwich. Is vehicle it a works. sandwich though, or is it a salad? It's de- whatever, whatever it is, it's definitely not a fucking sandwich. Like, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make a ruling. Oh, so that's the line. That the, 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 a sandwich has to have some sort of bread. So yes. what happens if you're the the absolute heathen that goes to McDonald's and chooses to replace the bun with lettuce? Is that a burger? Because uh-huh. you can do that at McDonald's yeah. if you're an absolute monster. Like, a, why are you? Yeah. It's not a burger. It's not a burger. It's not. I find with the bunners like they often like give you like five layers. Of lettuce, so it's too watery, and then you lose a lot of the flavour. Mm. Sauces are gone; it's dripping out the bottom. I don't like it. For honest, see, I don't Try order the Thunderbird <laughs> from oh, yeah. Burger Fuel, but in no, the lettuce. I love the Thunderbird. So that's, my, that's my burger. But <laughs> yeah. with, the, wow. with the bread, like okay, a normal person. Next time. <laughs> mm. Well, it's really great to have you both on. Um, huge fans of uh, what you do. Um, everyone, go and eat. At Hero Sandwiches and Here in the Turtle, Eggplant Palm. And what is the uh, the thick-ass chicken? The, oh, the gochujang chicken, yeah. The gochujang chicken is, yeah. is my absolute hero at Hero. Um, and we appreciate both your time. I hope you've uh, gone okay this year. It's been really tough. But you're both still here and we're, we're proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you too, Stuart. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. That was fun, yeah. Kakite. Kakite. Kia ora e te iwi, te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.